Welcome to Beyond the Paper. My name is Danielle Tonkin, and today I'll be speaking with Matt Fernandez about his paper called, Is This Back Pain Killing Me? All-Cause and Cardiovascular-Specific Mortality in Older Danish Twins with Spinal Pain. Welcome, Matt. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Danielle. It's a pleasure. The title is a is a bit of a mouthful. Can you can you elaborate on it a little bit? I mean, is this back pain killing me? That's very dramatic. It's it's very impactful first part of the title, and I really like that. It really engaged me. But then the the other stuff, the all cause cardiovascular specific mortality, blah, blah blah blah. That's a lot to to absorb. Can you can you divulge on that a little bit? What that means? Yeah. Well. Um I like the title too. That's why uh, we kept it and it was one of my uh, PhD supervisors that came up with it. And uh, I remember my primary supervisor said, uh, let, let, let uh, Manuela Ferreira, who's one of my uh, uh, secondary supervisors, choose a title because she was good with uh, choosing titles for papers. And uh, originally we had uh, all-cause and, and um, cardiovascular-specific mortality in Danish twins. And I guess that's still a mouthful, but not really exciting, and if you look at other papers, they sort of start the same that way. But if we went with a catchy title, we thought that we could certainly draw attention to it, and um, as it turned out, it drew a lot of attention for us uh, on, on many uh, aspects in terms of uh, media and getting it out there. So, uh, yeah, we thought that uh, a title like that would be quite impactful and uh, would make people uh, listen, but uh, like anything, uh, a title can be very um, dramatic, if you like, but uh, very important to not only read beyond an abstract where people often stop, but important to read the true message in the paper, which uh, is not as dramatic as, as the title suggests. So break it down for me. All cause and cardiovascular specific mortality in older Danish twins with spinal pain. So does that mean that you only studied twins with spinal pain and all cause and cardiovascular specific mortality? So basically... Anybody who died of a heart attack and then everything else? What, what does that mean? Yeah, all cause can be exactly as the title suggests. It can mean that uh, they can die from many different uh, aspects, be it cancer or infection or, or respiratory. Um, but if you have a look at uh, how uh, people pass away, the common reasons are often cardiovascular and also um, tumour, cancer-like. So they're often the ones that are going to be quite high. Um, other reasons may be accidents, uh, all sorts of things like that. Can, can also occur. So uh, all-cause was obviously the one that we wanted to look at first, and then we wanted to get a little bit more specific using the international classification of diseases and uh, working out to see if there was a specific cause behind that. And, um, and you know, we focus on other papers as well and have a, get, get a little bit of an idea of what... Um, uh, all cause was for them, uh, particularly, sorry, more specific uh, diseases, if you like. So uh, we, we just went with what was going to be more the likely cause and also what our data would show as well. So uh, there were higher numbers, obviously, with cardiovascular disease, uh, more specifically uh, heart attacks or myocardial infarction, and also cancer was, was quite high as well. So uh, often with these papers, uh, you can only work with the data. It is longitudinal data, so uh, um, the um, specific uh, participants being older Danish twins, so 75, 73, 70 years and over, and they're followed over time. And um, obviously uh, there's a Danish twin registry, there's a um, mortality um, registry as well, uh, so we can access those uh, and it's put together in a database and uh, we can uh, quite accurately sort of work out uh, what, what happened to them. Awesome. So my understanding from what I've read in the paper is that we were trying, you were trying to achieve, um, we as a 
collaborative cohort of chiropractors, um, we're trying to achieve the determination of whether back pain is associated to their mortality. Is that correct? That's kind of the crux of... Yeah, I think more specific is spinal pain, that being either neck or back pain or both, uh, led to earlier death as opposed to those who did not have back or neck pain. So that was really what we were looking at. Would they die earlier as a result? Got you. And and why did you conduct this study? Like, why was this specific area? It seems really, really poignant, like really specific. Danish twins, like, sure, pick that out of a hat. Um, why did you conduct this particular study with this type of data set? Well, I think it, it goes back to uh, my supervisory team uh, with my PhD. So uh, I did my PhD at Sydney University uh, with uh, a group of physiotherapists. And um, my supervisory team was three physiotherapists, basically from Sydney University, well-known researchers. And I had one chiropractor, uh, Jan Harvikstein, who's at uh, the Southern, uh, University of Southern Denmark. And so they are very well known in the chiropractic field for producing uh, high-quality, impactful papers. In fact, their group is, is so big that they produce something like 150 papers per year, which averages around... Um, three papers a week, which is just incredible for a department or a series of departments. So um, they have many uh, databases. And um, obviously, if we, we take a step back, we look at twin research. Obviously, uh, the main aspect, at least from what I was looking at, was whether the early shared environment by twins growing up together, the assumption is that they go to school together, they eat the same breakfast, lunch and dinner, they probably sleep in the same rooms, they probably get dressed the same, they probably get treated somewhat similarly by their parents, uh, perhaps even by their peers. It's an assumption. And then, of course, when we look at the identical twins, which is obviously where the, the meat and potatoes is in regards to twin research, is whether the genetic aspect uh, played a part in this role. So when we look at uh, research, we're often thinking about what factors can impact what you're looking for. And there are many of those, but often um, you can't uh, take into account the genetic aspect and also the early shared in childhood environment aspect. So by using twins, we were able to account for those. And uh, if we were able able to do that, um, we could almost uh, infer on causation or causal paths. So could spinal pain cause uh, death? So that's why we chose the uh, database. And uh, I ended up going to Denmark for a couple of weeks to work with an epidemiologist on this study, uh, which is a whole other story in terms of how you work with epidemiologists and the databases because uh, there's a lot of digging that you have to do and uh, cleaning of databases and, and chasing a lot of variables, uh, things like grip strength and um, you know uh, functional capacity and uh, uh, questionnaires associated with their anxiety and depression. And uh, what's interesting is that obviously as uh, this cohort being 70 and older, uh, because they... Uh, maybe suffering from dementia or cognitive decline, uh, they were actually interviewed when they were followed every two years uh, for a period of about 10 years or so or even further. So uh, that was important that uh, they were interviewed and they weren't simply just uh, filling in a uh, form. So we like to think that that method was quite robust or, or strong in terms of the information we were getting. So if I asked you in the last month, have you suffered back pain? Uh, you will say yes or no, and then we would confirm that. Are you sure uh, you definitely suffered back pain or neck pain in the past month? So uh, I think that added to the strength of the paper. Right. So you 
didn't perform this, obviously, yourself. This was data that you found within a database that you had accessed that was performed previous. Um, I believe it was in 2014 that the study was ended, or uh, that particular data collection. If we if we go back, that data collection was done in 2000. And uh, no, no, sorry, it was earlier. Actually, finished in 2005, but it was started, the first collection started in 1995, and they were followed every two years, and new waves were added. So as um, as the particular researchers found more uh, twins at that age, they were followed. Um, but that database was obviously um, all the information was stored, and uh, it was just a case of getting access to those um uh, all those numbers and, and uh, those variables. And, of course, uh, you can't identify the twins. There's just numbers that identify them. And, um, yeah, we were able to um, work through a specific question and uh, there were almost 5,000 participating uh, Danish uh, people uh, in, in that uh, group. So uh, that's a high number when you're looking at uh, longitudinal data and basically uh, following them over time. So you had to find the appropriate uh, methodological uh, analyses, if you like, to get the best out of the database. And that's where the epidemiologists uh, really shone in, in the uh, analysis. Yeah, I mean, I looked at the number and it was it was quite astonishing that you were able to or that they were able to find so many to participants, especially Danish twins. You wouldn't think there would be that many Danish there twins many. to, to a... interview with back pain. That's, that's amazing. Um, one of the th- questions that I did have was, in the study, was there anything that was actually used to quantify the pain level? So I know that they were interviewed after a month, you said, um, and I was a little confused as to the structure of the questions that were asked. So I know that, you know, as a student, it's interest, it's important to ask questions that allow you to quantify something. Where Where is your pain level? Is it low, moderate, severe? Can you actually get up? Um, I did see questions that were reflected in your paper of the, of the standard. So can you actually do things every day? Can you go up a flight of stairs? Can you sit down and get up with ease? Did that help you to quantify things or how was that? Good question, because I think we were limited in uh, what we had. So to put it in context, this was a health questionnaire that the uh, uh, Danish twins uh, participated in. So um, it wasn't a specific low back pain questionnaire. And we felt, well, they probably felt too that if it was a specific back pain questionnaire, it would bias it towards uh, back pain and and maybe you might not get a true reflection. So when you look at the whole questionnaire that they received, there was a back pain and neck pain question embedded amongst a whole array of health questions. So getting back to the sort of uh, specifics when it comes to the the back problem or the back questions, it was unfortunately very simple, the questions. So it looked at, uh, have you suffered back pain in the last 30 days or have you suffered neck pain in the last 30 days? So it didn't really take into account the uh, frequency of it, the uh, debilitating aspect, the severity, the duration, which is a limitation for us. And so, uh, as I said, that's a good question because we just have to assume that they might have had just garden variety back pain or it might have just been sore for uh, one day or maybe it's just been a persistent fluctuating problem for more than 30 days. So uh, that's clearly a limitation in the paper. But um, I think the strength of it was that we interviewed and, and, and well, the, the interviewers asked those questions specifically and uh, were certainly consolidating that answer by asking again. And um, And basically, I think that's where we were able to overcome parts of that. But uh, I, I agree with you that uh, we weren't able to tease out specifics in regards to the bad back. 
Yeah, and I, I also read there was a factor in your paper that they didn't take necessarily into anti-inflammatories or standard over-the-counter type drug use for moderation of pain in in to account in the data collection. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. So um, we didn't have those variables available to us, so um, we, we couldn't work with that. And certainly, as you, as you mentioned there, that was a limitation that we know that um, they may be taking anti-inflammatories for other reasons too as well, and uh, that may have contributed to early mortality. Uh, we don't know if it was specifically for the back pain or something else. That's, that's a good point because now that leads me to my next question, which is if you were to do the study tomorrow... Ideally, would there be anything that you'd want to do different? What what changes would you would you want to make? Oh, that's a good question too, as well. I think that, uh, as you alluded to before, I think that uh, medication usage would be very important. Uh, if we could get more on um, uh, more specifics in regards to their mood, so their mental health, uh, I know that we sort of looked at uh, depressive symptomatology, uh, perhaps knowing whether they were clinically depressed or had uh, anxious uh, uh, symptoms too as well would have helped. Um, Why do you think that's important? Well, I think mental health is is a a big thing. Um, And um, I think also it's not really reflective on the uh, elders or the older population too as well. And with an ageing population, I think that that's uh, an important aspect to look at. We just can't think that uh, adolescents suffer from mood changes or adults in the working age population suffer. Uh, What happens when you finish work? And uh, there's still a a percentage of life to be had and longevity still obviously goes on. So um, I don't think that there's enough uh, information there. And uh, there are things like uh, isolation and um, also... If uh, older people have partners and they lose a partner and their social network's not very good, for instance, that can certainly affect mood and and their ability to engage with other people. Or if they're moved on from their home to a nursing home in a new environment that they don't go well with, I think that these have strong uh, impact. And uh, another paper of mine that was I did in my PhD, we looked at the uh, the incidence of depression and anxiety as a result of uh, back pain. In in that instance, we looked at Spanish twins. And uh, we found that there was um, the odds uh, increased uh, almost uh, 50% over time that you would uh, likely get a suffer episodes or suffer chronic uh, low back pain because of, or sorry, you would suffer more depression or anxiety if you had chronic bad back versus not having a bad back. And in this study particularly, would we be trying to identify the reverse where depression could increase your Yeah, we made, we made that level? assumption. We made that assumption now throughout the paper that um, you could certainly uh, have mood changes which could certainly lead to um, back pain. And uh, that could uh, obviously lead to early mortality and, and, and things like that. Uh, also, functional capacities is, is something that was very important in that study. And they were the two main variables that uh, when we weaved through the uh, methodology and, and the analyses, we were able to work strongly with those two um, confounders or variables, if you like. But certainly you can reverse it, as you said. Um, and again, if you were physically active <clears throat> or 
not as functional, then um, perhaps uh, you know you, you you lose muscle, you you're prone to weight gain, uh, your cardiovascular fitness drops down. So clearly, you can suffer more musculoskeletal. Uh, it's plausible that you would suffer uh, musculoskeletal problems. And I think it's really important to highlight that because not too many people can actually make that correlation. Not too many people think, oh, I'm suffering depression. Back pain has nothing to do with it. But it really does. And I think that um, what you've just said, and then there's a statement in your paper as well, if, if you don't mind, um, it says, while direct causal links between spinal pain and mortality are unlikely, pain can lead to increased smoking, reduce social participation, and symptoms of anxiety and depression. Pain can also reduce physical activity participation and is plausible that this might encourage or promote an increase in body weight or obesity. A lot of what you've just said um, stated quite cleanly and, and precisely, and I think it's really important to bring that to attention because I think people don't value um, how connected our bodies are to our brain and how our brain really does dictate our physical activity, our habits, and all of the things that can be associated with what it is that we study, like spinal pain and, and pain within our daily lives. Absolutely. And I think... Uh I think that's the key message in the paper, and I think that's where it was taken out of context when uh, this started to get a lot of media attention because they, they liked the title and uh, they would start. I remember I think uh, one of the papers in the UK started with the title, Have You Got Back Pain? You've got 30% greater chance of dying. So uh, clearly the dramatic. wrong message. Yeah, very much so. But it sells papers, right? If I had <laughs> said, uh, uh, you know, your functional capacity reduced, you've got 30%, it just won't sell papers. Uh, so it had to be dramatic. And then, of course, when you read those aspects, as, you, as you've outlined, there are all those other lifestyle issues. It's those that play a role, and, and back pain is just part of that poor uh, health, if you like. And uh, if you weave it all together, then that's what takes you down, unfortunately. It's not just back pain in isolation. And certainly that's our message in the paper, but, um, you know, it's a bit boring for newspapers to talk about that. Uh, they want a dramatic title, and, uh, and they got one, and, um, yeah, they, they ran with it. So we had to we had to sort of cover it a little bit and put it in context. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, global notoriety on a paper is is very impressive. But you, you, like you said, you do want to make sure that you're actually conveying the correct and proper absolutely. message. Which kind of brings me to my next question, which is: you've said that there is a correlation that's found, but not you couldn't find any causation. There was no actual direct link between spinal pain and, and mortality. But can you explain what that means, like the correlation versus causation? What can we glean from that and, and take away with us? I think with the lifestyle factors, the depression, the diabetes, the lack of functional capacity, the reduction in physical activity, I think they all play a role in bringing down a person in general and back pain is a part of that. So we finish with there's an association or there's a relationship between the two, but we bring it all together. To say causal, I think, um, and, and look, I, I'm not sure if I'm correct in saying it, but I think the way I look at it is, is the one cause the other. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why we use the twin methodology. That's where the twin methodology um, 
had never been used before, I think, in this. And that's what was unique and novel about this paper, that if you look through the literature, there is mortality studies on, on widespread pain. There's a couple on spinal pain, and it's pretty inconclusive. Some show a relationship, albeit small, and others show no relationship at all. So by using the twins, and as we sort of spoke about earlier, or oh, it might not be an interview, uh, we, we spoke about the... Um, the dizygotic twins, so they share 50% of their genes, and then we looked at the monozygotic or identical twins that share 100% of their genes. Meaning in fraternal twins and identical yes, that's twins, exactly right? right. Yes, okay. exactly. So, make sure I got my terms right. That's it. And so we just had to find one twin that had back pain and one twin that didn't have back pain, and then we could follow them and see if one would die off earlier. So, with the uh, twin analyses, and again, it's subject to interpretation and certainly has its limitations, um, we assume that the monozygotic identical twins looked at um, uh, having shared their home environment. So they went to school together, they ate the same meals, probably had the same friends, dressed similarly, were treated uh, similarly by their parents, peers, and then obviously the genetic aspect that we, we believe is 100%. But uh, that's not bulletproof, and there's certainly criticisms behind that. But we found that with our analysis, if we found an association with the, the twins as a general population, uh, we looked at the, the, the rate of dying, and then we looked at the uh, non-identical twins and then the identical twins. And if we keep, founding, keep finding a, a relationship uh, that uh, persisted despite looking at these factors, then we could infer that there was a possible causal relationship there. So that's probably as simply as I could explain it to you because it gets very complex and uh, it took me ages to go through that. <laughs> Fair enough. But, um, but in the end, um, we had to look at the statistical aspects. And while there was some sort of light that may indicate that, uh, it wasn't sort of significant and um, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't say that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, no, it's, it's important to to acknowledge that that part, which kind of brings me to my last question is, why is this important to the chiropractic profession? So it's about spinal pain. Yes, neck pain and back pain. Absolutely. Danish twins causation not elaborated and not identified. So so what importance does this bring to, to chiropractic, do you believe? I think uh, a lot of importance because I think it's a public health message. It's not just a musculoskeletal message. It, it's just us to show now that uh, there are broader aspects that uh, if we find that, well, there's no real relationship between spinal pain and early death. But if you start to consider other factors, uh, mood, for example, uh, one's functional capacity, then you realise, <clears throat> well, those aspects uh, part of one's person's health and they impact the person's health uh, in a way that sees them dying off earlier or they suffer in terms of disability. So what does that say to us as chiropractors is that we need to think beyond just musculoskeletal. We have to start thinking about the person's health in general. And um, I think comorbidities are things that are important. So I know my PhD, we found associations with back pain and heart attacks. We found associations with back pain and depressive and uh, anxious symptoms. Uh, I also, sorry, I was part of a study that uh, looked at uh, back pain and, and poor sleep or poor sleep causing bad back. So if you look at the person as a whole, and I think that's where chiropractic has a lot of potential. So 
uh, if you had to be blunt and look at the studies, well, you know, spinal manipulation by itself, helping back pain, well, you know, modest, not impressive results and, if anything, very short term. So I think those results tell us that there are other aspects at play. So we need to look at those other aspects as well. And I think there's a great opportunity for, for chiropractors there to upskill and to be uh, gr- uh, have greater knowledge in terms of physical activity and guidelines, the capacity to really prescribe good and efficient exercises. Uh, does it have to be good technique? or well, not necessarily, as long as they can uh, overcome the psychological hurdle, able to squat again or bend over and, and pick up something, whether it's a rounded back or a straight back, it doesn't matter. Just uh, having the capacity to do things. And so by picking off this particular uh, cohort being 70 and over, which is obviously uh, something that's exploding right before our eyes and the, the, obviously the uh, ageing population will double in, in 40 years' time. So it's an important cohort for, for us to manage. And uh, again, you look more broadly at the research, there's not much out there in terms terms of older people and, and spinal pain, but uh, we can do a lot for them. You know, you can look at the, uh, the loss of muscle mass and sarcopenia, which is quite high, even from age 40 onwards. You can look at uh, bone density that's lost from a ba- about age 40, and it's much more pronounced in women because of hormonal changes. And then, of course, balance loss and the fear of getting up and moving because they don't want to fall again, and the cognitive uh, disability or cognitive loss associated with that as well. So as chiropractors, if we start training in those areas, as well as uh, our manual therapies, then we've got a lot to offer. Absolutely. And looking at a person from a holistic perspective rather than just an individual symptom is, is speaking to my heart. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you coming in. Uh, thank you very much for having me. They were, they were good questions and made me really think about uh, the paper again, which was good. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you. My name is Danielle, and again, this has been Beyond the Paper. Thank you so much for listening.